Welcome to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar. This is your forum for exploring and discussing challenges that are faced by public and nonprofit leaders. And now, Leadership Matters. Good afternoon, and thank you for tuning in to Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. I'm Cheryl White, and I bring you greetings from the Neighbors House Association in San Diego, California, where Judith Winker is our board chair, and Rudolph Johnson III is our president and CEO. Our mission is to enrich lives through a continuum of education and wellness services, vision, healthy, and educated communities where dreams become reality. We hope today's episode and every episode of Leadership Matters offers value-added and thought-provoking ideals for advancing emerging as well as current leaders. So again, welcome to Leadership Matters. Today we're going to just be responding to your questions and um, invite you to share what's on your mind. You can continue to send us emails, and thank you to those who've already done so, as well as call in uh, live on today. Today's a live show uh, that's being recorded. You can send those emails to Leadership Matters Questions at Innovisions.org. Again, that's Leadership Matters Questions, no spaces, at Innovisions, I N N O V I S I O N S dot org, or call in to 1 866 472 5790. And I am delighted that today uh, with me I have Jordan Goldrich, who is a partner and chief operating officer, as well as a master coach with Custom Matrix. Jordan, welcome to Leadership Matters. Hi, Cheryl. It's my pleasure to be here with you. Yeah. So, Jordan, why don't we start? I know you've been on our um, show before, and we thank you for coming back. Love to start by just having you to maybe say a little bit about yourself to, for our listening audience can get a little bit of an idea as to the perspective that you bring. Well, great. So, I, I prior to becoming a coach, I was the chief operating officer of a healthcare company, which we grew from four employees to sixty-five and about an eight hundred percent revenue increase, and sold it to a large company called Blue Cross. And I stayed on for two or three years after that. And um, part of the challenge for me was getting used to the change in culture from being very entrepreneurial to working in a uh, formerly not-for-profit insurance company. And I learned a lot of lessons with that. Um, got laid off about three years into it. And um, my outplacement counselor said to me, you know, people with your personality usually get laid off within about three months, let alone three years. So my goal is to find out what you did. And I said to him, what do you do? And he said, I'm an executive coach. I've never (laughs) heard of that. And so that's how I decided to be an executive coach, because I realized if I had had an executive coach, um, I would still, still be there. Wow. And so one of the things that I do is I do work with people who are labeled abrasive or even called bullies around managing, uh, be- becoming more collaborative, less abrasive, and increasing their influence. Okay. So, Jordan, let me ask you, um, before we kind of dive into some of the questions that we have here, 
Um, so are you telling me that your executive coach, or person who later identified himself as an executive coach, um, was describing you as abrasive? No, 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 no. He was he was my outplacement counselor after oh, yeah. I uh, was re- was removed because other folks were finding me abrasive. <laughs> okay, talk to me a little bit about that. Uh, like, what is it that you did, if you don't mind, just sharing um, that was viewed as abrasive, and how does that translate into the work you do today? Well, I was uh, I was born in a New York City housing project that was built for returning war veterans, so I grew up among working-class folk in New York, and I had that kind of directness and sometimes tactlessness. And I was not profane. I didn't demean people. I wasn't, uh, you know, nasty. But I did have a tendency to get short-tempered and... uh, frustrated and uh, sometimes slightly sarcastic around things that should be done that weren't being done. And actually, it worked really good in a uh, fast-growing entrepreneurial company, but did not work so well in a company that had multi-layers, that was nonprofit, etc. So what happened was I met this executive coach as my outplacement counselor, and I got it. I had, I had been talking the wrong language. It's like going to another country and talking the same language you're always talking and not learning their language. And so a lot of the work that I've done as an executive coach has been working with both managers who are coming across too direct as well as managers and leaders who are not coming across direct enough. Uh, so that that that's, does that make sense to you? It it does. So you said have been talking the wrong language. Is it talking the wrong language or using the wrong style, or is it both? I was pushing language a little. I was using language as a metaphor. It really is more the wrong style, but it's okay. but it, in a sense it's language because you would use different words and you would mm-hmm. frame things differently in one culture than another. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then the cultural differences you're speaking of, I think I heard you say nonprofit versus this um, short, um, fast-moving, um, paced, entrepreneurial type of uh, corporate land that you were exactly. navigating in. Or it could be working in a blue-collar mm-hmm. uh, environment, manufacturing environment versus mm-hmm. a CPA firm, for instance. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Well, I appreciate your giving us a, a peep into the um, world in which you've come and some of those um, key pieces that have shaped who you are today. So who you are today is this um, person that's, that's come f- forth from um, New York and have come through the fire, so to speak, and now you kind of know when to um, use the and how to use the directness without the tactless and the... Um, and be more patient and less sarcastic. <laughs> well, well, let, let's say this. The people who knew me 20 years ago think I've become Gandhi. Okay. The, the, the people who know me now think I can mm-hmm. be a little overly direct and not mm-hmm. diplomatic enough. And the people from New York think I've, I've become soft. So mm-hmm. okay. I don't fit and, in anywhere and, anymore. So. Okay. But it, but it sounds like you at least have this awareness to where you... Um, you know how to do it yourself, and you know how to help others kind of map out the style. I'm sure the values stay the same, but it's mapping out the style that fits the environment that you're in. 
Absolutely. Okay, well, cool. I think that's a, a really good um, even nugget to begin with because I think that becomes um, a challenge for emerging leaders, too. I, it, it takes me to a story that um, I had a um, drill sergeant that was working now in a civilian space who had come you know, from the military and had always been praised for his strong leadership skills but was in his new environment getting um, towed to the opposite. And we had this creative leadership course through National University that he was in. And I remember him coming up to me saying, you know, I don't really get it. I don't get why in this new space people are complaining. I don't, you know, I've learned leadership from one of the best places you can learn leadership from. Boop, 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 boop. And really, as it turns out, you know, Clearly, his drill sergeant style was not fitting in his new environment. So, you know, I think having the awareness to be able to shift our style to meet the environment is is um, real important. And sometimes something that has to be done more consciously and more intentionally than uh, than some may think. Yeah, a great uh, example, Cheryl. Yeah. Okay. Well, wonderful. Well, we're going to actually get started with a question from our listening audience. Samantha from Portland, Oregon, thank you so much for sending us a question. And it says, we are often challenged to challenge staff to do more with less. This is often received as continuing, oh, this, let's see, this is often received as continue making the impossible possible. <laughs> Don't complain and be thankful you have a job. Morale is low. Any recommendations? Mm. Thank you, Samantha. Jordan, want to um, see what you might well, offer as thoughts on that? Sure. Well, I, I, having been the chief operating officer of a uh, fast-growing healthcare company, I, I totally get it. And uh, the two things that, that come to mind, the first one would be Stephen Covey's grid about doing things that are important versus urgent, uh, urgent and not important. So part of it is, I think, figuring out what's the top 20 or 30 things, percent of things we need to do uh, in terms of what our external and internal customers want and making sure you do those things. The other thing would be, uh, and this goes more to the process improvement and lean applied to both manufacturing as well as white collar or service work would be to start asking your uh, work group periodically, where are we wasting time and money? And beginning to identify that and have people uh, be able to make, empowered to make changes in how you do things so that you're continually doing process improvement. That would be my thoughts. Mm-hmm. Okay. Good. I, I love that as a good uh, first um, first step back because I think sometimes when we're feeling overwhelmed, uh, Samantha, I am imagining, would like to say something to her upline around um, her perception that um, they are already doing the impossible and making the impossible possible and um, and she's in a very difficult space, kind of sliding between her upper management and probably her staff. So allowing her to have this objective piece of information, Jordan, that you've brought up with regards to really having her step back and think what really and truly is important and um, 
and getting input from staff with regards to what are some things that they are doing where it's not um, the best use of time or the best use of resources or money is a nice objective space for Samantha to then begin to, uh, one, hear voices and have staff be able to participate in kind of creating um, some reality checks around uh, what is happening and maybe even having Samantha be empowered to make some recommendations regarding process changes as well as priorities um, that uh, Samantha might be able to then uh, support you in making the things more possible and more doable in a way that that doesn't feel so heavy burdened. And I do think that um, very often upper management are challenged to challenge supervisors and managers to um, assess their their capacity. And um, one way of assessing capacity may be to give you something that that um, not sure whether you can handle it or not. And if you can handle it, you absorb it, then I think, great, you got that, and I might give you something else. And so at some point, um, it is important to be able to do that objective assessment regarding what's a reasonable um, amount of work that you can ask staff to do without burning them out and what might be um, some things that really puts you in a space to where they're not as important, they're not adding as much value, and perhaps you can negotiate priorities that then allows you to reshape the um, deliverable expectations of your internal and external customers um, are just some thoughts that come to mind. Jordan, does that trigger anything else for you that we might offer, uh, Samantha? Yeah, very nice uh, addition, Cheryl. The only other thing I can think of, and this has, this has to be said carefully, because it really depends on your culture and it really depends on the tone in which you do it. But it can be helpful sometimes to put in writing the objective. What is, what is the project? What's been given to me? And then underneath, this is what I need to do. To, to, this is what resources I need or are needed to complete on time. Or in, in the alternative, to say this is what will not get done if I meet this on time. And the clue about this is, number one, you may be working in an organization that doesn't accept that kind of feedback. Yeah, but and Jordan, it, I'm going to put it, a pause there. Samantha, when we come back, I'm going to have Jordan finish his thoughts to you. And Todd from Virginia, I actually have your question, and it will be on deck next with regards to, um, in this time of uncertainty, what can be done to support staff and not losing focus and staying productive. So stay with us. We'll be right back with more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. 
Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact Innovisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or send an email to Dr. White. Her email address is drwhite at innovisions.org. Innovisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. Each week, Larry Sternberg joins Dr. Kim Turnage to explore management issues from culture to discipline in Managing to Make a Difference. Join Talent Plus for 60 minutes of dynamic conversation, including real-life management examples helping you manage teams across the globe. This series airs on Voice America, the business channel, Thursdays at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific. Managing to Make a Difference, every Thursday afternoon with Larry Sternberg and Dr. Kim Turnage. If you want to hone the right skills to become a CEO or stay there as a competitive strategic leader, Check out CEO Academy with Pam Lassiter. You'll learn the tips to success and hear from the experts who are at the top of their games. You'll make your company stand out from the competition and build your own reputation in the process. Top executives are made, not born. So take charge of your future growth. Listen for CEO Academy with Pam Lassiter. Wednesdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 Pacific on Voice America Business. From the boardroom to you. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to leadershipmatters at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. And we're back on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. Today we're responding to questions and comments from our listening audience. And we appreciate those who've already sent in comments. And for those who still have things top of mind, be it comments they'd like to share or questions they'd like responded to, you can email us at leadershipmattersquestions at innovisions.org. And there's no spaces between Leadership Matters questions. And Innovisions is spelled I-N-N-O-V-I-S-I-O-N-S dot org. Or feel free to call in to 1-866-472-5790, 1-866-472-5790. I'm delighted to have Jordan Goldrich, partner and chief Oper- operations officer with Custom Matrix and a master coach on the line with us, filling questions. Jordan, again, thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. Thank you. And we had started off with a question from Samantha, and I know you were still responding to it. Samantha's questions for those who are just joining us is we're often challenged to challenge staff to do more with less. This is often received as continue making the impossible possible, don't complain, and be thankful to have a job. <laughs> Morale is low. Any recommendations? And I know we had started that conversation, and Jordan, you had some additional thoughts for Samantha. 
Well, we had talked about a couple of points. One was uh, prioritizing, making sure you're taking care of the top 20 or 30 percent. Uh, the second one was getting feedback from staff on a regular basis. Uh, is there anything that we're doing that just doesn't make sense to do? <clears throat> and the third one uh, you need to be careful with because it uh, needs to be evaluated against your company's culture, which is giving a very rational, non-emotional piece of information to your superiors who are assigning the tasks to you that if I am going to get this done at such and such a time, these are the resources I need. Or if I, am, if I get this done given my present resources, this is what will not get done and a list. And it has to be very much from the point of view of I'm in service to you. I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't let you know and not from a place of anger and resentment. It's, it's got to be very matter-of-fact business. And again, there are some organizations that welcome that, and there are others that don't, so you will have to make a judgment as to whether you do it. Yeah, you know, and I will I'll follow up with my um, direct um, partner from New York and say that um, depending upon, Samantha, how you read your culture, you might be able to do the same thing, but in an informing style that says... Um, <clears throat> that really invites them to, to support you in prioritizing and and not so much telling but informing that um, you know here's the challenge and the challenge is if I if we move forward with this I'm thinking that this and this and this may not be able to happen until and you can map out when that looks like and um, you know will that work for you um, so negotiating. And um, informing um, might be more palatable in some cultures than, you know, directly saying, you know, kind of like um, drawing a line of, of, of um, what's possible or not possible as much as informing um, where and how you see things. It's kind of more of a softer sale. Uh, Jordan, your thoughts? Yeah, absolutely. Very nicely said. And, and what you said was my intention. And as, you, as we have pointed out, I can sometimes come across directly. <laughs> yeah, and and I can be too informing sometimes, so that's a nice little blend. We can um, help each other with that. <laughs> that's why we that's why we work together well. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, there's another little piece in here before we move to Todd's question, and, and that is the low morale. Um, I, I think that the engaging and receiving the feedback that Jordan um, indicated is a nice way to let them at least know that. Um, you feel their pain, you hear them, and you know, and that you're looking to try to figure out how to um, how to understand uh, what's before them and and how to prioritize uh, so that you can um, create a work plate that feels doable for everyone. Um, any other thoughts, um, Jordan, with regards to Samantha's uh, morale challenge? You know, I think we could go on. Uh, the other one that, that strikes me would be occasionally acknowledging and saying thank you for people mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, for what it is that they are doing, even mm-hmm. if, you know, with your recognition that they're doing a lot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love that. So really just in this, in this time when you know that they're being pushed, make sure that, that they are being thanked and acknowledged for their contributions. I think that's great. Exactly, and that goes to morale as well. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so, Samantha, again, thank you, and hopefully that gives you something to chew on and some ideas for how you might move forward. Next question is from Todd, who's from Virginia. He says, in this time of uncertainty, what can be done to support staff in not losing focus and staying productive? Hmm. Um, so, um, Jordan, I think, um, you know, we are, and, and I think particularly, I think it's felt in, uh, it's probably felt in every industry, but I'm sure in the nonprofit or, um, realm as well as the um, public realm where funding directly comes from the government and there's lots of, um, of things that are um, happening and taking place, there can be this, and even directions that are being um, given where I'm not sure, you know, with a lot of clarity as to where and how things may um, turn out, uh, what would be your suggestions um, relative to navigating in this time of uncertainty? So very often, and I don't know where Todd is in the infrastructure, but let's say that he is in a senior management position. Very often it's important to communicate on a regular basis, especially during uncertain times, with folks to uh, give them information about what's going on, even if that information is, I don't know. And so, for instance, uh, I was once involved with a merger of two very large companies, and there was a six-month period while they were waiting for the government to approve the merger or not. So how do you manage during that time? And so what we came up with was that you needed to have at least 20 minutes a week of a meeting. And most of the time, these managers were walking in and saying, I don't have any new information. What's going on? And typically, there were lots of rumors and hallucinations about what was going on that were filling the void. So they at least got a chance to, to clarify and reinforce, all we can do right now is do our job. All we can do is make our customers happy. All we can do is manage costs the way we've already done, always done. And... Um, and I'm going to meet with you weekly just in case I've heard something or to, you know, to respond to you just in case you've heard something so we can figure out what's true and what's not true. Mm-hmm. Good. No, I, I, um, I can appreciate that, and I also appreciate Todd's question. I think one of the, one of the things in um, what I've seen an uptick in the executive coaching services that I'm providing is what we've kind of called this um, Trump traumatic um, Syndrome, and that really is—it's all about simply uncertainty. It's—it's—it um, is just um, knowing that having someone um, in the top position of our nation who is um, unconventional in ways in which might make um, him less predictable. There is a greater sense of uncertainty, and so the art of being able to be comfortable in the space of the unknown and being able to stay focused in the space of the unknown um, becomes more and more important. And so it's like, what can I uh, focus on? Well, we can very often focus on brand. I, and when I say brand, it may not necess- I may not know exactly what it is um, precisely we're going to be 
you know, continuing as lines of business and have funded it as opportunities to do. But what we do know is the brand that we want to do. So regardless of whether I'm going to be doing this another year or another five years being funded, I want to be the best at it. And so um, I, as a leader, can say that, you know, what we want to do is stay competitive in the markets that we are in, the service lines that we are in, and um, deliver service excellence so that we are consistently delivering quality, excellent service. And even if I shift lines, they know that, you know, we've demonstrated great competencies in these areas that are transferable to additional areas so that we continue to have relevant skills and relevant um, service lines that we can offer for the betterment of humanity. So I I think it's not being overwhelmed with the big questions of the unknown to where I can't really become focused on what it is I do know. What it is I do know is that I want to be, you know, what is it I want to be um, inspiring? Is it I want to be um, a quality deliverer? Is it, you know, I can define something and use that something to create some focus in the midst of the um, question with regards to the larger questions of maybe what will be funded, what may not be funded. And then we always want to um, leverage what we do know. So what I do know might be that, um, you know, I might need to do some scenario planning about, well, if this happens, then this, and if that happens, then this. So I do know that there are some things that are within my control, and of those things that are within my control, how am I uh, positioning myself to leverage them? You know, may there be, could there possibly be some gaps in funding? So do I need to position myself to make sure that I have some banking partners who I will be creditworthy with in order to get me through a gap, of time, a, um, a gap in time where maybe the government might be slower in, um, in reimbursing services and, and so on and so forth. So I can plan around those things that I do know and certainly offer, if nothing more, a brand promise challenge to staff to stay focused in delivering what we do know is currently on our plates. So just some additional thoughts. Um, Jordan, any other thoughts triggered for you? So, so what you, there was one thing that you said that really triggered for me, Cheryl, <clears throat> and that was focusing on what you control. Mm-hmm. And to a large degree, uh, a lot of morale issues and personal self-esteem issues occur with folks who are upwardly mobile and who care because in some way they evaluate themselves as human beings based on, number one, whether they get results, number two, whether other people recognize them. And those are things that you don't control. So, for instance, a manager who evaluates him or herself based on whether or not his or her employees like them has a lot of trouble holding people accountable because they, they can't, they have trouble dealing with the anger that you get when you have a performance conversation. So, Likewise, um, so Ta, I mean, um, Jordan, I'm hearing a cue that we've got to go to commercial. Ah. But I think this is a um, fascinating, good conversation to continue with. Todd, stay with us. And, and um, the rest of our listening audience, please stay with us. And we'll be right back with Karen's question also uh, from Wisconsin. I have often don't feel supported by my manager. This makes, me, makes it difficult for me to be this upbeat, rah-rah team leader. And... Um, 
more and more and more to what Karen has written here. So Karen will be um, responding to your question next, and Todd will finish out some additional thoughts for you. We'll be right back with more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or send an email to Dr. White. Her email address is drwhite at InnoVisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. Do you realize that the root of your challenges lie within you? It's time to find out more about coaching and how it can help both you and your business. Coaching for Real with Ronald Graves will help you gain a deeper level of self-awareness to find the answers inside yourself. Our guests are business professionals just like you who agree to a coaching session on our radio program. Tune into Coaching for Real live every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Business. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to leadershipmatters at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. And we're back with more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. Todd from Virginia, thank you so much for your question, which was, in this time of uncertainty, what can be done to support staff in not losing focus and staying productive? So we're kind of like in the tail end of responding to that. I know before we went to break, Jordan, one of the additional things that you had commented on was focusing on what you can control. Want to say a little bit more? Sure, Cheryl. Thank you. I, you know, I think this is probably the most difficult thing for any leader, any manager, any supervisor is if you're going to be in the role, at least 20% or 30% of the people are not going to like you once you show up, before you show up. And in addition, you can't control everything, so things are going to happen that are going to make people not like you or be unhappy with you and or that make it difficult for you to achieve results. So one of the things that needs to happen, and I I have three partners in my company, and whenever I get into a place where I know I should make something happen and I know great performance would look this way and I'm not sure how to do it and I'm worried about coming across uh, not well or not doing a good job, 
I spend time with people who are not immediately involved with me. Number one, to encourage me. Number two, to give me a chance to get it out. And number three, to reorient so that I am not evaluating myself based only on results or on other people's reactions. Ultimately, I have to evaluate myself on whether I did a high-integrity action with good intentions and I applied the best knowledge I had and I did my best. Mm-hmm. Good. I love that. And I think that that's um, powerful in so many, many um, instances because when we can um, be clear on, on um, you know, I like to say our own brand. So what's, what's your What's your brand um, as a leader, as a person? And, yeah, and I heard you say, um, um, Jordan, you know, that, that high integrity, I'm, gonna, I'm going to take that as your part of your brand is to be someone that has high integrity and, and to be someone who has good intentions, that has a positive impact, um, and so on and so forth. So then you're managing yourself to your internal um, desire with regards to how you show up and conduct yourself. Exactly. I, I get the other thing you could call it would be purpose. Mm-hmm. Uh, that you, mm-hmm. that you're being that you're honoring your own purpose, your own mm-hmm. values, mm-hmm. and who you want to be on this planet. Mm-hmm. I think that's awesome. Well, well, Todd. Hopefully, we've given you some good food for thought, and we'll um, go to Karen and um, and uh, respond to. Her question, this is Karen from Wisconsin. Thank you again for emailing in. I often do not feel supported by my managers, what Karen writes. Um, This makes it difficult for me to be this upbeat, rah-rah leader for my team. It also makes it difficult for me to even want to stay in my current organization, but I'm only three years away from retirement, so I feel it would be crazy to leave. Any thoughts on how I can stay here, feel better, not negatively impact my team, and be totally disengaged. Hmm. Jordan, thoughts for Karen? Well, you know, in some ways, this is very similar to the last topic that we discussed, which is evaluating yourself not on whether your boss is happy with you uh, or approving of you, et cetera, but evaluating yourself. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry? I said, or even supportive, which I think is the term that Karen used. Mm-hmm. Right, or supportive, mm-hmm. exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, slightly different take. Uh, for people who are in highly aversive environments, and those range from everything to, uh, from uh, you know, highly demeaning bosses, people who are treating them very badly, all the way to prisoner of war camps and concentration camps. What the research shows is that that the way to survive it is to find personal meaning. So, if 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 you are in a difficult environmental uh, work situation where you are being um, yelled at, where you're being um, uh, demeaned in some way treated badly, sabotaged. Uh, one of the ways to think about that is, is there something that I, that I am gaining? For instance, if I did have a higher power and the higher power had put me here among this thing, what is it that I would get out of it? 
And uh, so it could be anything from building my inner strength so I'm not as uh, vulnerable to outside influences. It could be learning how to be more direct. It could be learning how to build my career. It could be learning how to be less judgmental. How do I show compassion for these folks who are behaving in a way that I rate very badly? So your thoughts, Cheryl? I think I love that. I I really like the idea of insulating ourselves and building resilience through finding personal meaning. I I think that's a real powerful tool for um, being able to transcend the um, challenges that we experience in so many different levels. Yes, I think back to your point, I could see you were in Todd's situation, that would be helpful, and certainly in Karen's situation. The other thought that I have for Karen, she's three years out in her, from her retirement. Um, you know, I like to very often challenge people to engage in what I like to call legacy living and to really think about, you know, what is the impact I want to have on humanity? So when I've left this space and I've moved on, you know, what's the impact I want to have? And to also maybe even think about what I then would call legacy leadership. And then that is, you know, what do I also want to inspire others to do? You know, likewise, um, to enroll them in this impact thing that I want to engage in. So is there a legacy, Karen, that you would want to leave? Um, and is that something you can connect with, which is probably connected to, Jordan, where you went um, with Karen with regards to personal meeting? Um, so I would uh, encourage you, Karen, to think about both of those, finding personal meaning that would allow you to go through this journey um, in a way that's feeling empowered in movement toward achieving that which is um, personally fortifying for you as well as, you know, how might these final three years um, be used in a way that really furthers your legacy um, as it relates to being intentional about the impact you'd like to have on your team in your organization as you move through these final years, as well as, you know, part of that might even be a legacy leadership piece where you inspire others to have a similar impact and something that you would like to have be part of the culture there where you are. So, um, Jordan, any additional thoughts from you for Karen? Well, you know, listening to you, Cheryl, and, and it's really wonderful having this kind of a conversation, uh, a completely opposite thought occurred to me, which is, you know, sometimes when people have been in an organization for many, many years, and particularly when they're approaching retirement, um, they, they get very attached to the old culture of the organization. So I have no idea whether this is going on, but one possibility would be that, uh, the, that there's a new set of management in the organization that wants to change the culture and wants us to act differently uh, in order to be more successful in the years ahead or in order to fix things that have gone on for a while that need to be fixed. And sometimes people, well-meaning, high-integrity people who have been there for a long time have trouble shifting their behavior. So what, what I would suggest is to ask yourself and, and the uh, person's name is Cheryl? Uh, Karen. Uh, the, mm-hmm. Karen. So I, I would suggest, Karen, ask yourself, is there, you know, to what extent is there some validity in what is being asked of me? 
to change? And am I in some way sort of dragging my feet a bit about making that change because it doesn't feel comfortable? Mm. And that triggers for me kind of like the lesson from Move My Cheese. Might even yeah. be a great one, Karen, for you to Google and, and take a look at that little short video, um, you know, because the question becomes, are we hemmed in by fear, comfort, or denial that there's some changes that need to take place? So, yeah, that's a, a good self-reflection as well. Wonderful. Thanks, Jordan. Anything else for Karen? No, not that I can think of. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And then we have Calvin um, from Kansas City, Missouri. Calvin, thank you for your question. It says, I've been told that I am a good technical manager, but may not be the best candidate for advancing to and haven't been successful at trying to get um, these higher-level general manager types of positions. Any ideals on what I can do to change that perspective? So would you like to go first this time, Cheryl? Um, sure. You know, um, I think different things come to different people's minds when they say technical manager. I think what comes to mind for me, Calvin, would be that perhaps um, the area that you're leading is an area that you're an expert in. And um, the skill set for leading an area that you're an expert in can be different than the skill set that's needed for leading an area where you really are not the expert. Uh, in fact, you might be leading other experts, but you're looking more at um, strategic things, perhaps at that higher level in the organization. You're looking more at general things, and um, you know enough to know what questions you might need to ask, um, but it's not so much that you're the um, deliverer and the doer. And so... Um, I think as you go to those higher levels of management in that leadership space, it requires more of putting on, you know, maybe taking off the doer hat, um, putting some controls in place so the manager hat uh, still becomes real important. The coach hat might need to take on to be able to ask the questions that develop others. And then that leadership strategy visionary hat also becomes real important. So talk a little bit more about that um, after the break. Sounds like we need to actually um, go to commercial. And so when we get back, Calvin will ask, will um, respond a little bit more to your question. And um, Jordan, love to get your input on this. And then Jaime from Sacramento, we have you on deck to answer your questions on you're interested in learning some ways in which you can be more inspiring and build morale. So stay with us. We'll be right back with Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. 
or send an email to Dr. White. Her email address is drwhite at innovisions.org. Innovisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. There are two types of leaders in business. Those who are nice, compassionate people. And frankly, they are the people who fail to get a lot done. Then there are those who can get everything done and so much more. But they are greedy, unethical, and self-centered. The Compassionate Samurai Business Hour with Kathy Fairbanks finds a way to use the best of both types of leaders to help you create a dynamic roadmap to success. Tune in every Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Business. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to leadershipmatters at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. And we're back with more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. Before we went to break, Calvin, we were responding to your question. I've been told that I am a good technical manager, but may not be the best candidate for advancing. I've been passed over. You've kind of put in parentheses here. Um, haven't been successful at higher level general manager positions you've gone after. And you asked for some ideals on how to change that perspective. <clears throat> so I think before we went to break, I was just kind of sharing that, uh, you know, as that uh, technical manager, my guess in that is that perhaps they see you as that technician who can deal with the now, problem solving, that can deal with the next, kind of like the tactical thing, and um, may need to show up more as that strategy leader who might can see how things are connected, who might can see how things connect to the vision of the organization, who could maybe ask some longer-range um, questions and so on and so forth. But, Jordan, let me toss this over to you and see if you have some thoughts for Calvin. Well, building on what you said, Cheryl, I, I do think when people are talking about you're a technical manager, usually they mean you're either not being strategic or you're not good at influencing and getting people uh, you know, uh, around the political stuff. And we don't uh, have time for mm-hmm. both. Go ahead. No, no, good. I like that, the influencing piece, so, adding that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we, so we don't have time for both. My thought would be... Um, there's a very famous executive coach named Marshall Goldsmith who, dis- who invented something called Feed Forward. And the way you do that is you go to people within the organization that you trust, particularly people who you think do other than technical manager well, and you say to them, I've gotten this feedback. 
And my goal is to be a strategic manager or my goal is to be a general manager. Um, do you think, what, what would you see that I need to do? What behaviors would you need to see from me? Uh, and get, get a sense of what those are. My guess they're either going to be in the influence, how do I handle difficult conversations without offending people, or in the how do I look ahead and figure out where we have to be five years from now. Uh, the other thought would be Harvard Business Review has a, a collection of the top ten reads on strategy, and that's a very nice synopsis. You may also talk with people in senior leadership about what do they read and make sure that you're reading the same stuff they're reading. So those are a couple of quick down and dirty thoughts. Love it, and I absolutely love the feet forward technique. Uh, thanks again, Calvin, for um, your question. Jamie, or it could be Jaime, I'm not sure, from Sacramento. It says, um, interested in ways I can be more inspiring and build morale. Performance is okay, but not great. Morale is pretty low on team I inherited. I would appreciate thoughts on ways I can be more inspiring, build morale, and improve team members' individual uh, and team performance. Uh, thoughts, um, Jordan? Well, that's a big one with a lot of questions behind yeah. it about what is going on. So maybe just some nuggets here and there? So one thought would be find out, figure out what you're inspired by. Is there anything that your company is doing that you would do even if you weren't being paid because it's the right thing to do? And focus on that. So usually it's either achieving something big or serving others or it could even be very personal, like winning. And um, what you need to do is listen to people and find out what they're motivated by and see if you can tie what it is that you want them to do to what they're motivated by. Um, You may have to listen to a lot of griping as well. But again, then you can remind them that if 98% of this stuff is stuff that we don't control, then we're going to be miserable for the rest of our life. And even if 2% of it is what we control, we at least have a chance to make ourselves feel better. So it has to do with what's important to you again. Mm-hmm. I like that. That's good. Um, Jimmy, I also would offer that, um, you know, very often we will talk about what needs to get done and we will talk about the purpose and uh, as relates to what we're doing. Not so much always the why behind it. And I think the, the why is where the inspiration is. What's the value that you're adding to society, to those who are being served? Um, what's the big value? What's the big... Um, positive impact that when your mission is accomplished as a group, then um, it's going to make a positive difference. So if we can sometimes speak to our vision, our vision being the impact that will result from the what that we're doing, that in of itself, speaking in that space about the possibilities, about the impact can move us from being um, more of a manager speaks sort of a leader to an inspiring leader. And, um, and and I think that also giving the vision can also, in addition to improving morale, it can also help 
individual team members begin to have conversations as to how their piece plugs into that vision and what they can do to improve. I love the AI approach. You can Google appreciative inquiry, and it's, you know, what are we doing that we currently appreciate, what are our successes that we can build upon, and, um, and then what else could be? What would our next level of effectiveness look like? And begin to have them, you know, discover their strengths, envision the possibilities of next level. The next piece in that appreciative inquiry is design and figuring out what do we need to do to accomplish the dream. And then destiny is, okay, who will own the parts? You know, what will we actually do that we've brainstormed as possibilities to get to the dream and who will be the solution owners? Um, that can very often create some positive energy and thinking around, you know, how do we move things forward? So, Jordan, any additional thoughts for yourself, for Jamie? Yeah, you know, actually, I think you, you nailed it. I would just say it slightly differently, more uh, tactically, which would be have a conversation with your staff about what do we control and what can we do about what we control that we can legitimately feel good about because we don't control all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, again, Jordan, I so appreciate your joining us for this um, conversation today, and I appreciate all of the questions um, that we've received. Thank you uh, so very much. Um, Derek and uh, Terry got two more questions in the queue. And what I will do is email you some responses because uh, it doesn't look like we're going to have time to go there. But wanted to offer you, Jordan, just an opportunity to give your contact information and any other final thoughts. Well, as always, Cheryl, it's a pleasure for me to be involved in this conversation with you. We go back a long way, and um, you have provided me lots of coaching over the years, and I know you always say we did that for each other, but it's always a pleasure. And um, if people want to contact me, uh, my uh, email is jgoldrich, J-G-O-L-D-R-I-C-H, at custommatrix.com and it's the word custom and the word matrix together but only one M so it's C-U-S-T-O-M-A-T-R-I-X dot com and again it's been a pleasure to have this conversation and to talk with your audience great thank you again Jordan for being with us today and thank you to our listening audience join us every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time for Leadership Matters informing leaders inspiring solutions Thank you again for tuning in. Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar is broadcast live every Wednesday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a wonderful week and make your leadership matter. Matter.